welcome to the expansive live our new weekly show that we host at uh, on a wednesday at 3 p.m south african standard time uh, so this has been a great little experiment we've seen uh, some real momentum building behind it and it's just been a really cool experience to do the podcast live and then to also have it obviously living on spotify and itunes uh, always we are trying to expand our own horizons and the way that we do things and of course uh, helping me assisting me supporting me on this journey is my ever elegant co-host <laughs> mr john sane john yes what's up what's up hello everybody i'm wonderful thank you uh, always good to be here live with everybody uh, always adds a little bit more pressure than usual but we like that because it keeps us on our toes we always spend about half an hour making sure things are working and hoping that they carry on working over the podcast and yes as eric said this is now a virtual live podcast. We took the lead from Clubhouse and that new one from Twitter. What's that new one from Twitter called? I've seen a couple of those rooms put together. Mm, Spaces. Mm-hmm. Spaces. So, yeah, it seems like this virtual thing is really taking off. And we've been talking about that trend in the last few weeks and episodes as well. So here we are doing our own little live push. And so thank you so much for all the new people that are joining us on this journey, on the expansive. Thanks for all the kind messages. It's really amazing to hear people from all sorts of corners saying that they listen to the podcast and enjoy the podcast and how we uh, share the information that we do. So thank you to everybody out there. Eric, how are you doing? It looks like a little bit hot in Joburg. What's happening there? Yeah, Joburg has been boiling. And of course, when it's boiling, I decided to wear a denim shirt for the day. So it's been a very hot day. But apart from that, uh, things have been going really well. I've been running. Damn it. Is it on my side or is it on your side? I'm going to just keep talking for now. (laughs) You just keep talking? Yeah, yeah. Be a professional. Be a professional. My my earphones stopped working. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Okay, let's carry on. They're working again. Yes, I've been running Think Week uh, this week for an organization. We're doing two sessions a day. Um, So that's been quite intense. And you'll know that you are always busy crafting content on the fly as well. So you... You're busy delivering, but you're also re reimagining and recrafting for the next day. Um, and then I'm also working for a keynote that I'm doing this Thursday. So it's been a it's been a really really busy week, probably the busiest week I've had this entire year. Uh, but it's been good. It's been like uh, it's been challenging, and I've enjoyed that. How's things been on your side? Yeah, look, uh, busy. Uh, lots going on. Uh, started my new book uh, properly, ten thousand days. Um, building new keynotes, new masterclasses. I've just been doing the transformation masterclass uh with a corporate with a company and uh yeah it's hectic man it's like you know every morning 90 minutes is the way you start the day with uh running a workshop and a masterclass so yeah it's it's busy i'm enjoying it um always good to put new content together and being under pressure to put new content mm-hmm. together is always great you know it's uh it, it pushes you uh, one step further. Also putting out a lot of content on LinkedIn and Facebook and just really thinking about how we can add more value to the world. And I've been building these top 10 lists. You know, if you're in high school, these are the top things you should do, top 10 things you should stop doing, ton, top 10 things you should start doing. So I've just been playing around with those and having kind of a lot of fun with them. But yeah, it's good. The year is in full swing and uh, my traveling starts next week. And uh, already been booked for a couple of trips overseas. So really looking forward to that as well as we kick off the year into 2021. And I wanted us to cover something that I think is critical uh, today. Um, the eight most important things that all businesses should be thinking about and dealing with. 
And it really came about for me when I started watching this new documentary from the Springboks. It's called Chasing the Sun. Mm. And it's about the Springboks uh, winning the World Cup uh, 2019. Now, you know, I'm no rugby fan. I'm no sport fan, actually. I don't really watch sports. Um, and the only sports I do is Ironman. So it's not like I'm really involved in the sporting world. But let me tell you, I was in tears. I was in absolute tears watching that documentary. So if you haven't watched it, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is just fantastic. Rassi Erasmus is an absolute champion of a human being. I'm such a big fan of his after watching that. Have you watched it? Have you heard about it at all, Eric? I haven't. I've, I've seen a lot of people comment about it, post about it. And, and pretty much every post I've seen about it has said there were plenty of tears that went along with the watching process. Wow. Uh, but I'll, I'll put it on my list. The, the latest documentary I actually watched was the Tiger one, which was also phenomenal. Um, but yeah, but take us through, through this list that you are talking about. So it seems like we're having some, some technical issues here today because you are now on mute. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yeah technically challenged here today. I've taken my earphones off. I don't know what's wrong with them. They're not working. So anyway, I didn't want to stop this live broadcast because we're professionals like that. That's it. So eight things. First thing, and what Rassi Erasmus really got right more than anything else in his team was belief. And what he said was, we need to believe we're going to win. Um, uh, the fans need to believe we're going to win. Our country needs to believe we're going to win. And even our opponents need to believe we're going to win. Mm. It's like mm. it's got to be so entrenched into everybody's expectation of us is that we're going to win. And that belief system inside your business working, force, like forging your way into the future with that mindset of belief um, that you are going to be successful is a really powerful thing. And do you know what's so funny? You know, Eric, you know, I don't think many people can say that you and I are not ambitious. We work hard, we focus, we dedicated into our craft. But I realized that I wasn't believing as much. Mm. I somehow wasn't believing as much as I could be. And it was almost like a switch on. So the very first thing that all businesses need to work on much more for me is the mindset of the ability to become successful in the future and the fact that they have the power to make it so. That is kind mm. of the idea of success, right? The future will be better and I've got the power to make it so. So the first one is mindset. And I think many businesses get caught up in operations and you focus on operations and you're just trying to put fires out, making sure customers, we forget about mindset. And I think to spend half an hour a day every morning to speak about mindset, well, what a powerful thing, man. I've been doing it with my teams and just been loving the process. You know, I love it. And what it immediately made me think about is whenever you are selling anything to the world, um, it, it starts with your belief. And like you always see salespeople who struggle, it's because they don't believe in what they are selling. You know, and so exactly. like this makes total sense to me because you are selling yourself to the world. You are selling your product to the world. So it starts with that intrinsic belief. Absolutely. And obviously, Absolutely. If, if leadership doesn't believe in where they are going, people are going to mm. see that a mile away. And it's just going to breed distrust. People are going to mm -hmm. like, they're not going to give their all because there's no commitment to where we are going. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's really good. Um, okay. And so that's the first thing, obviously. Now, the second thing is marketing and leads. Now, the thing is with every business, 
what you need more of is sales is marketing and leads so sales are second or next you know but really how are you marketing your business and where are your leads coming from now in this new world the idea of leads for me must come from a process of thought leadership of adding value to the world of building trust with the world the best way you can market yourself is by building trust elon musk is a fantastic example they quite famously don't spend one cent on marketing but they're worth 700 billion dollars and they're not really worth but that sense that's based on sentiment of what people believe in what he's capable of doing and the trust that he's developed so for me, for example, uh, leads come from me putting out extensive amounts of content into the world um, and allowing CEOs, um, eventing company owners or marketing people or HR people inside organizations to build trust with me in my ability to market by adding value and in that way creating more leads. So I've got a whole system of, uh, it's called the 411, which means you add four pieces of content that are adding value. One is a soft sale and one is a hard sell. So it's 411, 411. So every week my team and I are, okay, so what are we doing with the 411? And we've written out pieces, thought leadership pieces that are soft, that are not sales, that are just adding value. And then one soft sell talking about a masterclass or a keynote. And then one hard sell is like, okay, buy now for taking all this information, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. Marketing and leads. Yeah. And I think it's quite interesting and, and worth noting that this, this isn't something you were doing before, actually. Like, this is also something that's become uh, a newer part of your process and a, a, a newer part of your experimentation, mm. given what's been happening. Um, and, and I think it's, it's because great. of COVID. Yeah, I think it's because yeah. of COVID. You know, when we're running around doing talks on stage, we're almost marketing ourselves because mm. we were being seen by hundreds and thousands of people during a week. Now we don't have that. So... The, yeah. the, the, the thing has shifted. Now, obviously, people that are listening to this aren't all speakers. There's people that are bakers, people that are accountants, people that are HR specialists. And in every single one of these fields, if you're able to develop a thought leadership mindset and add value to the world in that way. You know, I was working with a multimedia company and they were like, you know, they're talking about strategy. And I was like, well, where are your pieces of educating your clients on the new way to have events online? rather than trying to press them into hardcore events like they used to, how are you getting trust from them so they can come to you when they don't know what to do with their events? So, mm -hmm. and we've seen some, some new companies take the space really quickly. I think Mark Sham's done that quite a lot is he's helped businesses evolve into different types of events where other eventing companies are still waiting for the halls to get ready. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love what you're saying. Um, the one thing that I wanted to mention is that I think this marketing process that you're speaking about also says that I have a long-term uh, approach mm. to business. And it's mm. actually funny because, you know, Think Week, one of the days that I, actually today that we was going through, um, one of the questions we reflect on is, how am I complicit in creating that which I say I don't want? Yeah, I love that and, part of your masterclass. And, and I realized that, like, one of the things I don't want in my business at the moment is a reactive marketing system. Yet that's exactly what yeah. I do have because mm. it's just, it's like the short-term, short-term, short-term. You're not paying attention to what is the system that I need to build out that's going to sustain mm. me in the long run and it's going to build mm. momentum over time. Mm. And it's made sense because we've just been scrambling. You know, we've just been trying to figure it out now. But, mm. but I, like, I like this because it means that you're also taking a, a longer view of the marketing and sales process. Yeah, because look, I think the thing is you're spending money, right? Yeah. In lieu of hoping that business mm. is going to come. You don't know. Mm. But you're not spending money by selling. You're spending, you're spending money by adding value. And that's, that's yeah. the key here for marketing and leads.
Cool. Okay, number three, sales, sales, sales. I always tell my friend Dale, invoice, invoice, invoice. Have you invoiced? <laughs> Have you invoiced? If you haven't invoiced, what's going on inside your business? So for me, the sales process is once the lead comes in, and that's the beginning of the sales process, is we don't chase sales. Once the lead comes in to want to work with us, whatever business you are, then the process of developing that sales email, like, thank you so much. Um, this is what we've been up to. This is how we work. This is how much we charge. What is your budget? And how can we, let's see how we can work with each other. You immediately want to take the leadership in the sales process. You immediately mm. want to set the tone with how it is you work so that other people can fit into your world rather than you allowing them to fit into uh, their world. And so the sales process, you know, um, Anita, my business manager and I are continuously fine tuning that email continuously every day. We're like, mm. Oh, let's add this. Let's do this. Let's do that. So own the sales process is what number three is about. Once the lead comes in, you now are in a pound position or a power position because now you own the relationship. They've come to you and then manage it and own it moving forward. Cool. I have nothing to add to that. I think that's great. Number four. Number four, products and services. And products and services have to be evolving consistently. You and I um, developed, you, you developed the masterclass. I copied you. And so when I say you and I, I mean you. But anyway, now I've made it, I've made it much better. No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> now the masterclasses are something new that we could never do before COVID because people weren't really keen to do Zoom strategy sessions. And now, guess what? We're all doing them. So evolving your products and services based on what the market wants on a continuous basis does two things. One, it keeps educating your clients on what is possible. And two, it keeps your sales process fluid and fresh for your clients. So your products and services need to be consistently pivoting, continuously moving, um, uh, just so that you can keep that thought leadership with your clients. And also you keep your products and services fresh. Yeah, you know, um, it's been a it's been a very interesting uh, time experimenting with like different formats and to see what kind of messages resonate, and I think that has been the key for for me at least in how I've adjusted my own offering is that I just had to totally sit back and say this is all about experimentation, and pivoting itself can feel quite, in a way, quite final, right? Like it's like you have one pivot to make, like what are you going to pivot to? Yeah. Um, whereas experimentation feels like, okay, it's fine. You know, we pivot here, we pivot there, we try, we continue. Like we see where can, we end up. Can I use a different word than experimentation? Let's use iteration. It's like iteration is a constant move. Where pivots, like you said, I didn't even think about that. Pivots like, oh my God, I've only got one pivot. I might as well use it well. <laughs> no, it's a it's an iteration. And in that mindset of iteration, you're just continuously improving. It's like there's no there's no stop to it. There's no end to it, you know? Mm. Okay, next for me is operations. Um it's and you know one five, right? yeah, number five. So yeah. Number one was mindset. Number two is marketing and leads. Three was sales. Four was products and services. Now you've brought the business in. Now how quickly are you processing it? How is your operations working? Is the invoicing going out on time? Is the work being delivered like it's supposed to be? Is it better than people are expecting it to be? Are you making the flow as easy as possible so people don't have to double the work or copy and paste far too much? And so 
um, Anita, again, my business manager is a machine at this. And so she's like continuously creating different flow sets. So as we've got more content coming in, who is it going out to? How many different ways is it getting distributed into? So like I'll write one long form essay that then becomes four LinkedIn posts. And then that long form essay goes into the blog post, into the database, into PR, into it goes all over the place. So that just like very simple thing needs to be operated and put into an operational flow system that creates seamlessness and not doubles people's work um, continuously. You know, so mm. operations for me is, a, is another sort of pocket. So the reason that we're doing this actually for the people listening and watching is to make each one of these pockets a point of focus. And so am I winning here or am I losing here? Like, how am I going about it? In my restaurants, I used to be like, am I, is the bar going well? Is the kitchen going well? Is the floor going well? Is management going well? Is back of house going well? It's like each one of these are pockets on their own. And, and really to, to dive into them is, is important to give each one of them some air and, bre and breathing. Mm. The, the only thing I'd add to that is that I've always found it very useful. So over the, the past few months, um, I've gone through two different assistants. Um, thanks to how the world has been moving. And the one thing that's been very useful is to document what those operations are like. Because So Anita is now busy optimizing it, right? But there might be a day that she isn't there anymore. And then there needs to be a document that someone else can go and latch onto, like a, what I think they call it a standard operating uh, procedure. And someone needs to be able to just go and check on that and know exactly where Anita left off, the iterations that she went through, and they can slot into that. And uh, two tools that I've loved for that is Notion and Obsidian. Uh, those are great tools to check out. Yes, I've seen I've seen Notion. I've used Notion. Uh, I don't know about Obsidian, but what a nice name, Obsidian. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I like the name. Okay. Uh, and also, look, remember, some of our personalities like certain things and other personalities like other things. And so if you're really good at finance, you focus much more on finance than marketing and sales, for example. Or you love marketing, you're up there, but forget about your, your finance. So that could also be a problem because... The number six is, where, where are we now? One, two, three, yeah, four, six. Five, six finances. This becomes the critical container in which you hold your business. So if your balance sheets, if your cash flow, if any of these things aren't in the right health that they need to be, you can't actually contain all the products and service and sales and marketing and leads and anything you want. So once a week, I meet with my accountant. We have a hour session talking about invoices, what's been paid, what's not been paid, what's been where's what what are we putting where how how are we paying tax uh, who do we still owe money to etc etc so you know i never used to have that but i've made a, a concerted effort to because i'm not 100 a finance guy you know what i mean my brain hurts when i look at balance sheets it's not the way my brain works so I, i've had to force myself to come in and uh like go through my balance sheet and go through all those things but every wednesday morning at 9 30 that is our time to go through the finances so yeah we're given an hour every week now and it's amazing you won't believe we picked up so many invoices that weren't paid or like just just didn't have the accountability mm. for it you know so mm. finances really really important as a container to hold the rest of your business mm. you know um i think even like especially during this time when things are tough, it's so easy for us to put our head in the sand. And like, you don't want to log into your bank account because you don't want to see that you're in an overdraft or that your <laughs> card is running up, you know? Yeah. And that's the worst thing that you can do is because actually yeah. you lose line of sight totally, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, as you said earlier, like each of these, so, I mean, ideally, 
I guess you can't have them like per day. Like it, it, this needs to be in your to-do list in a way. Like every day you need to go through all of these. Like it's not per day, right? Well, you could, what, what you could do, like I do, is like, you know, Mondays are sales, leads, marketing. Like what are we planning? What's happening there? And then Wednesdays is finances. So it's not like, you know, it's just the way you want to demarcate it in your business. Yeah. But so I just think that as a, as a, as you have it, like a day for finance is really important. So you can bring that awareness to yourself and that you know, even when things aren't going well, especially when things aren't going well, what's happening in your business. Um, well, you know, by just way, by ignoring something, it's not going to fix it, fix it. But yeah, carry on. Do uh, you want to take a, a, a stab at what you think Obsidian is? Because uh, we have an answer here. Nigel Grant uh, Googled it first and found it oh, on Wikipedia. I think Nigel Grant was in my masterclass. I think we go. Uh, produced with felsic lava extruded from volcano cools rapidly with minimal crystal growth to commonly found in margins of obsidian flows. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's a gemstone from, from what I can. Oh, okay. So, thanks. Thank you, for that. So thank you for the, the quick Google. Okay. Thanks, Monica. Thanks. Makes life yeah. so great. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Number seven. Something that I didn't give a lot of energy to when I was younger was the legal parts of your business. This is the registration of your company, the documentation that holds the management together, the contracts that your staff have, and just keeping all those things up to date, again, for me, is a way to stop leaking energy, a way to stop any dark corners that you could be passing through. And I remember when I went through my bankruptcy uh, when I was 30 years old, I wanted to not look at any legal documents or any finance documents because I just didn't want to give it any attention. It had hurt me so much in the past. And in fact, that was the worst thing to do. It's almost like having a burnt down house and you want to build a new house, but you don't want to look at that old burnt down house. And so for me, legal and finances are the two things that most business people don't put their effort into because it's like, ah, it's just a mission. Uh, you know, I need to worry about operations more. But the truth is now I've got a lawyer. I've got all my contracts in place. I've, you know, just to create container. Finance and legal are mm. absolute creating of containers and important to give some time to and, and, and have somebody in your business thinking about it. Mm. And, and I think legal is also just a good um, way of operating ethically in the world like it just it, it it establishes boundaries for people you know so often we enter into these business relationships and a lot is left unsaid whereas a contract just it's just or a legal document just lies you know it gives you the lay of, yeah. the, of the land yeah um I, th I think i spoke for like a year before i had a contract in place um wow. and, and you know yeah I, like you were just you just trusted that people would uh, uphold their end of the bargain but I think it's, you know, it's much clearer what is expected from both parties when you can have some sort of a document that is just sitting between the two of you. Cool. Number eight. Okay. And the last one is futures. You know, often when I speak to organizations, their staff are scared of the future. And then my next question is, how often do you spend time in your office talking about the future? Never. Okay, well, then if you're not speaking about the future, when do you think you're going to have the time and effort to prepare for something that was previously scary that actually isn't that scary when you start to unpack it? So if you think about how I bought the list is you have mindset and then you have leads and marketing, bringing the sales in, moving into operations, making sure finance and legal are containing the whole business and then stepping out and seeing what's coming, like looking into the future, like, wow, wow, wow. Okay, come back in, mindset, into the same process and then back up Look into the future, what's happening, and then coming back. So it's this loop, which I wanted us to focus on, is that 
you have these seven very main things that you want to think about and then you have the one futures that you can go out check and think about that and come back and so you know that this was also brought about by uh, kevin horsley um uh, a coach that i've been seeing as well he was also talking to me about these things and uh, then I, i'd forgotten about them and then i watched the kevin um Erasmus, I mean, uh, what's his name? Erasmus. Yeah. Yes, Erasmus. And then I watched that, and then I did this masterclass, and then I was like, okay, we've got to do this topic because it's like mm. such a powerful topic to want to do. So I hope this has helped people out there um, to give some sort of clarity and demarcation for business pockets to focus on. Listen, I think it's it's really good. We have a question that I'll bring up on the screen in a moment. The one thing that I would add to this, um, mm. and, and in some cases or in some ways you might – layer this into like maybe operations in a way or maybe into mindset but i would totally break it out and just have people on its own as well to have a, a container okay. for the development of the people that work with you to see how your team is doing to make sure that your team is working on the right kind of thing would that not be mindset but maybe mindset and people i, I would i would i think i would just break it out though i would make okay. it as a separate area of focus because mindset right. to me is is quite open, and the way we, we were discussing it is that mindset is very much around belief in where we are going. Right. And so, yeah, to an extent, I think mindset could could inform it, but I would still break it out and say we have to have a separate focus just on. What's I like happening that. for our people. Yeah, I like that. That's a good mm -hmm. idea. Okay, it's another pocket we could add to it. All right. Yeah. Cool. Good. Um, so let me quickly bring the question up here. I'll let you have a sap it and then I'll go for it as well. So uh, John was saying uh, it's it's very key to have the correct mindset. Uh, and this is not, not John Sarnet, it's John and Stephen Barnard. Uh, very key to have the, the correct mindset, but how do you ensure that this mindset is adopted by personnel in strategic positions? Uh, so how does leadership ensure the mindset is equal across the board? Uh, I know you have the answer to this, but I'll just hit it quickly. One, uh, your actions are so loud, I can't hear a word you're saying. That's the first one. So you can talk to the cows come on, but if you're acting like a nana afterwards, it doesn't mean anything. Two, over-communicate. If you're continuously communicating what it is that you want to be doing, you change the tone and energy of a team. John, Stefan, Barnard, go and watch uh, Chasing the Sun. It is a continuous discussion that uh, Yassi Erasmus is having with his back of house, front of house, media. It's just, he keeps hammering in this message. There is no other way. Everybody must believe that's the way we must do. And the way he describes New Zealand choosing a team, he's like, they're shitting themselves. That's what's happening. They're really nervous. The way he framed everything was the fact that they were already winning. And so... If leadership can't get the rest of their teams to adopt their thinking, well, then they're not a leader, are they? So then they're a bad leader. I mean, quite simply. Um, I hope that answers your question, John. Uh, Eric, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think what you what you said is spot on. In that, uh, leaders must be good at communicating the vision. It's one thing to to have the vision. It's one thing to believe in it yourself as a leader, and hopefully through that and you know your, through your actions, it'll shine but you still have to be able to communicate it. And I think, especially now that we are all like working remotely, um, how are you gonna get that, like, that message across um, when people can't feel your presence, where they can't feel that, you know, how passionate you might be about this thing. So definitely storytelling, definitely having, having the clear vision to start with and communicating that well, 
I'd also say that you have to create as many reminders as possible. Because what I've seen is that, you know, things that are important to us often get left behind, not because they aren't important to us, but because there are a thousand other things that are also important to us. So you need to iterate and iterate and iterate what is important. And until people get it, until it becomes such a like second nature to them, that this is the mindset that we are, uh, that we are striving towards. And then a very big one, and I've actually been working on this sort of as a, a semi-email course slash video course, is that you have to figure out what are the systems that support the mindset. Yes. So if, you wa- if you want to have a mindset of resilience, then you need to go back and see, well, what are the systems that we are building that support that mindset? Because without the mindset, or if you have the mindset but no system, system. behind it, yeah. you yeah. have the intention but you have no action. Yeah. And a mindset is only as good as the actions that support it. Yes. So that's something I would highly recommend people think about is lay out, you know, we spoke about belief as a mindset, but lay out what are the five mindsets that you believe embody what your team is about or what your organization yeah. is about. Mm-hmm. And then spend time saying, well, you know, if the mindset is resilience. What is the system, meaning what is the set of behaviors, habits, rituals that yeah. will support that mindset? And I think that's the, one of the best ways that we end up cultivating it. Very good. I like that. That was a great episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we're close to 30 minutes. We usually be clock off at 20, 22 minutes, so that's been a long one. Uh, if you yeah. think, thank you, Kim. Jeez, I've known Kim since I was a kid. We used to go to Caesar's Palace together when I was 16. Um, so thanks so much for joining us. If you think somebody could benefit from hearing this, please do share it with them. If you like this podcast, please spread it large and wide to everybody you know and make us uh, famous in uh, iTunes. Give us some stars. Uh, But, yeah, we love doing these things. So thank you so much for all the suggestions and all the emails that we do receive. Eric, thanks so much for joining me. Um, Anything you you. want to say? No, this has been fantastic. And what I'm thinking is that what we might need to do, seeing that we're also doing this live now, is actually have 20 minutes of content then 10 minutes of Q&A at the end. I think that might be a good format to think about moving forward. Uh, Eric, I, love the way you keep, you, I love the way you keep iterating. That's it. Where does, um, okay, we got to go. Okay, but we'll yeah, come we back to go. this. Okay, man. Ciao, guys. Bye. Bye.